Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans is the broadcast for August 30th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest, I repeat, the greatest country on the face of the earth. We were not live Saturday. What I'm doing, ladies and gentlemen, is intelligently uh, taking a couple of days off per week right now. And I apologize for that. I just need to make sure that I get plenty of sleep and that I don't relapse for the COVID. I just want to get plenty of rest. Give my voice a little bit of a rest. My lungs uh, are still struggling a little bit. So uh, anyway, I've been taking a couple of days off here and there just to try to get a little bit of extra sleep and that kind of stuff. So thanks for your patience with that. Saturday, great rebroadcast. I've been pulling out some of the greatest shows we've done over the years, too, just to try to make uh, sure people uh, have great content. Nevertheless, a couple of days off is always so helpful. I won't be doing that forever. Um, Usually I'm probably more live than any other host on the planet um, just because it means so much to me. But, man, I just I just need to make sure that I do well. Uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, Friday was our latest broadcast. We were live. Chris Carlson was with me. Discussion of all things liberty. And we talked about the U.S. continues to break at least six of the Ten Commandments in Afghanistan. Chris Carlson covered that in great detail. We talked about the litany of waste in Afghanistan. Yeah, Liberty.News with that piece. Norm Lee wrote the piece. Over a 15-year period, ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. spent about $8.6 billion on, quote, counter-Afghan narcotics efforts. Still by 2017, poppy uh, cultivation... And opium production reached record highs in Afghanistan. Wow, drug trafficking and and drug production remain entrenched in Afghanistan. Ladies and gentlemen, the war on drugs even in Afghanistan is a failure, just like it is at home. The Taliban's biggest source of income is still from taxes and levies on the cultivation and sale of poppy-based drugs, including heroin, and a newer source of methamphetamine. So drugs everywhere in Afghanistan, drugs everywhere in the United States. Seems like the more the United States gets involved in the, quote, drug war, the more ubiquitous drugs become. I mean, it's insanity on steroids, but we continue to spend into oblivion as if somehow our course of action seems to make any sense. It doesn't. It's wrong-headed. We should turn 180 degrees. But no, the war on drugs continues to be a massive failure, ladies and gentlemen, no matter where it's waged. Remember that reality check, would you please? Horrific failure, ladies and gentlemen. 
the U.S. spent about $83 billion on the war in Afghanistan that spanned over 20 years. Yeah, they tried to guarantee Afghanistan's stability, but no, it was an absolute abject failure, as we could have told you uh, that it would have been. You know, those of us who are not hawkish, those of the, us who believe in a non-interventionist, humble foreign policy, we could have told you it would end in disaster. We never do well when we go into foreign countries, breach their sovereignty, chase them into their lands, and wage war. It never, let me say it again, it never goes well. We also talked about court docs show that a neo-Nazi satanic leader, his name is uh, Joshua Caleb Sutter. He's been outed as an FBI informant since 2003. They've been paying this guy over $140,000 by the United States government. The FBI has some serious explaining to do, some say. Andrew White wrote the piece. Uh, but I would simply say this, though. You know what? That's the company that the United States keeps. They're involved with drug lords and warlords and, uh, you know, drug traffickers. And, I mean, you find out half the different provocateur events that go on. Yeah, like the supposed kidnapping of Governor Whitmer or whatever else. It turns out the FBI was so involved in that, there was more FBI agents involved than there was individuals. Did you know that? True story. I mean, this just gets out of control. Whenever something goes psychotically wrong, you find out the government, the United States government, seems to be at the center of it. All the way from Afghanistan right to local issues at home. The Capitol riots. You got serious questions to be asked there about the FBI and why police were high-fiving so-called insurrectionists. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You look at the Ammon Bundy situation, and he was surrounded by FBI thugs and provocateurs. And at the end of the day, who was guilty of what? Ammon Bundy was guilty of nothing. And the provocateurs uh, kept their names secret by dismissing the case. And now we don't know who they are, but they're all about doing it again to somebody else. Randy Weaver got trapped by FBI. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It just never ends. The mischief that an out-of-control belligerent rogue agents in government can accomplish, huh? Second hour, we talked to Scott, Dr. Scott Bradley. FreedomsRisingSun.com, his website. And we talked about Reuters reports that the FBI has found scant evidence that the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol was the result of an organized plot to overturn the presidential election. That's according to four current and former law enforcement officials that were involved in that investigation. The U.S. Capitol Police said that it would not take any action against the lieutenant his name is Lieutenant Michael L. Byrd. He's the guy that shot Ashley Babbitt. He did nothing wrong, they say. If you have any reason to believe that you or those around you are in danger, you're allowed to shoot. It's a hole you can drive a truck through. Bottom line is Ashley Babbitt was murdered, and now it's been sanctioned by your government once again. What a sad tale to tell, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it or not, cities are now hiring non-citizens, immigrants, as their police officers. How do you feel about a non-citizen being your police officer? Can you have confidence in their oath? Huh? Has the U.S. government, ladies and gentlemen, flat out become an enemy of the people? Is our government at war with we the people? That's a question I'd like to ask our guest in a second. We talked about Trump calls for Biden to resign in disgrace after Afghanistan disaster. 
I don't want Trump to resign, or I don't want Biden to resign, folks. I'm not fond of Biden. But if Biden resigns, you'll end up with communist Kamala Harris in place. Look out for that, I'll tell you right now. So wrong-headed, but you know what? you got to ask yourself, with the way they wage war on the COVID vaccines and the COVID situation these days, I mean, Fauci literally created gain-of-function research that turned out to be gain-of-function and then distribution, action or on purpose, who really could tell at this point, nevertheless, then lie after lie after lie. Anything that can help people get well from the coronavirus is shut down, except for incredibly expensive treatments and vaccines. Why would you behave that way? They run around and tell you the hospitals are overwhelmed, but all the things that could keep us out of the hospitals, they deny us. You know, right now, I don't know if you know, but oxygen is a controlled substance. you got to go get... Uh, 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 a um, what is it called a prescription to get any kind of oxygen <laughs> wow so you can't even get oxygen you can't get ivermectin and some of these other medications uh, that could help hardly people are resorting to try to go to get animal prescri- or animal um, versions of the drug and then scale it back sometimes people make mistakes and do more harm than good but it's all because the- so you can murder a baby on site because by golly you don't want that to go wrong but yet, if you want to get oxygen, oh, no, don't you dare, uh-uh. And then the hospitals are overwhelmed, and they're like, oh, the only thing you can do is the vaccine. And it's just criminal activity everywhere. Lowell Nelson, Campaign for Liberty.org. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thanks for having me, uh, Sam. Appreciate being with you. And I hate to even ask these questions, but I want to ask you this. I've asked a lot of my guests this recently. You know, the United States government, with the way they're treating us nowadays, <clears throat> calling us terrorists because we don't want to go along with vaccines and everything else. Has the United States government become an enemy of the people? Rogue agents in the, in the government seem to have become enemy. Are, are they literally at war with we the people now? Oh, absolutely, uh, Sam. In, in fact, many of them don't know that they're at war with us. Uh, they're pushing programs that they believe uh, uh, ought to be pushed because of their own misinformation, their own misunderstanding of the facts and the data. But uh, there's a lot of them that are just hungry for power that are pushing for for that. Uh, and then there's a few of them, I'm sure, that actually know what they're doing, that they're killing people. They're warring against uh, uh, us, the people, trying to squish the middle class out of existence, trying to create a you know a new a bunch of uh, poor people uh, with, with them uh, as the elite rich people on top. A lot of them want to go down with the ship, but they want to be on top of those who go down with the ship and and, and, and then help create this new so-called better world, one world government, and so forth. I mean, it goes on and on. Yes. Uh, and a lot of them are stupid US. enough to believe the ship will go down, but somehow they won't, huh? Yeah, yeah, they're, uh, they're just uh, <laughs> uh, embracing their own demise. That, that, right there, they don't realize that they are the stooges and that they're gonna they're gonna end up dead as well. But uh, for them, a power trip is is more important than the long term. Right, it's the, the short term gain, the short term lust for power that prevails in their own minds, and that's why they go go about this the wrong way without uh, thinking about the long term consequences. Very can't see the forest through the trees for sure. Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. When we come back. Jacob G. Hornberger wrote an incredible column, and this kind of makes the nuanced details of what I'm talking about. It says the United States government versus the United States. The U.S. government versus the United States. I think in this discussion lies some of the questions and the answers that we've been talking about on your radio with Lowell Nelson. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. 
I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, with me on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. So I've been asking, you know what, is the United States, has it become an enemy of the people, the government, become an enemy of the people? Are they declaring war on we the people? Rogue agents seem to be doing so, that's for sure. The proper role of government, the constitutional government, the legitimate government of the United States, of course not. It would do nothing but carry out its, well, what do you call it? Demands? Carry out its... um, purpose by consent of the governed right uh, understand that there are delegated authorities and it would carry them out with fidelity that's the proper role of constitutional government ladies and gentlemen carrying out delegated authority with honor and fidelity but rogue agents are not doing that now they're literally declaring war on the people sam you can't go anywhere unless you take some government experimental man-made serum into your body and other than that, you're going to be barred from society and be jettisoned as a second-class citizen. Where's the authority for that, ladies and gentlemen? It does not exist in the proper role of constitutional government. I'll tell you that right now. Nevertheless, the U.S. government vs. versus the United States, Jacob G. Hornberger, uh, kind of nails the discussion perfectly with this, Lowell. He sure does, Sam. Um, I think he wrote the article, by the way, because advocates for U.S. interventionism uh, meaning, you know, everybody who wants to, to poke their nose in the business of other nations, you know, people like uh, Pearl and, and um, uh, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of all the, <laughs> the neocons that surrounded Trump. They, they want to, um, you know, intervene in other nations. Uh, they're saying right now, in, in light of the U.S. retreat from Afghanistan, they're saying that America, you know, must not retreat. From the rest of the world, they're actually using the world isolationism. If uh, America doesn't, uh, you know, stay involved in in the business of all these other nations, and uh, they they also say 
Sam, that if the U.S. retreats, then other world powers like China and Russia, they will fill the vacuum. How many times have you heard that statement, fill the vacuum of power, resulting in greater loss of liberty around the world? Well, Hornberger rightly observes there's a big, big difference between the U.S. government and the United States, two distinct and separate entities. Uh, for example, um, if, if they were the same, then you really would need no Bill of Rights. Because what did the Bill of Rights say? They, they gave a list of prohibitions. Basically, that's what the list of Bill, the Bill of Rights is, the list of prohibitions telling the government things they may not do. They have no permission to do any of these things, right? And it was a protection that the people wanted in force if they were to, to, to ratify the Constitution. They said, we'll only ratify if, you, you add this li uh, list of prohibitions on the general government. So, so, so just putting this all in perspective, it was, you know, convention delegates in the 13 sovereign independent states, they're the ones who ratified the U.S. Constitution, which is a compact among those 13 separate distinct states, which created a general government invested in it specific enumerated and limited authority. Okay, so... So we, we, we have to acknowledge the fact that there's an entity called the general government or the U.S. government, and it is separate and apart. It's supposed to be a much smaller entity, smaller creation of the 13 states and now the 50 states. And, um, and so Hornberg asked the question, why is this important? Why, why, did, why does this even matter? Well, he claims that it holds the key to the liberty and well-being of our country. Right, and so, and in fact, he he quotes John Quincy Adams, um, uh, who who said to Congress in 1821, "If the wise and learned inquire, what has America done for the benefit of mankind? Let our answer be this: She has, without a single exception, respected the independence of other nations, while asserting and maintaining her own. She has abstained from interference in the concerns of others." even when conflict has been for principles to which she clings. Wherever the standard of freedom and independence has been or shall be unfurled, there will be her heart, her benedictions, and her prayers. But she does not go abroad in search of monsters to destroy. She is the well-wisher to the freedom and independence of all. She is the champion and vindicator only of her own. End of quote. Now that boy, lol, do we right wish there. we could make statements like that today, huh, sir? <laughs> boy, we sure do. That encapsulates the core mission of the general government of the United States, as envisioned by the framers, those who ratified the Constitution, and it ensconces two major principles: non-interventionism and a limited government republic. These also, by the way, are two of the five principles found in the mission of the Campaign for Liberty. Again, they are non-interventionism and a constitution uh, or constitutional limited government. Now, now we get come back to reality, right? You know, going forward, this country, America, you know, you, we we think about what would would happen if we actually lived by these two principles on which this country is founded. Um, what, what would it be like? What would it look like? Well, 
no more sanctions, no more embargoes, no more travel restrictions, no more trade restrictions, no more monetary restrictions, no more state-sponsored assassinations, kidnappings, and tortures, no more restrictions of freedom of association with foreigners. In other words, Sam, the federal government sector would be prohibited from intervening in the world with invasions, occupations, wars of aggression, coups. And understand, constitutionally, they really already are. We just don't obey the Constitution, that's all. Constitutionally, the general government only has authority which we delegate to it. We've never given delegation to go to untold wars that are not declared. That's unconstitutional. We gave Congress the responsibility to determine how and where and when and what and what funding and everything else would would justify uh, our involvement worldwide. But what Congress has done is literally, um, you know, vacated their responsibility and let the president do whatever they want to. Um, so we, we've got this violation of the separation of powers happening. We've got the violation of the Constitution. That's why this, quote, U.S. or general government just run amok out of control. It doesn't represent the United States. It doesn't represent we the people. It doesn't represent each state. It doesn't represent the checks and balances that the supreme law of the land calls for. It doesn't represent the delegated authority that was a, a core function, a core principle of the United States at all. It represents a rogue, out-of-control monster in and of itself. Chasing other monsters, deciding which monsters should slay whom where uh, as they fund both sides of war. Uh, it's a con game. It's got to stop. And Jacob Hornberger's right to point out this difference. The U.S. government, the general government, uh, has morphed into uh, really an enemy of the people is what it looks like. Not only the people in America, but the people around the world. That's right. I mean, he's the one who made this observation near the end of his column, which uh, you can find at uh, ronpaulinstitute.org. Um, he says this, foreigners love Americans, especially our money. They just hate the U.S. government and with justification, end of quote. You know, that's kind of like... Well, me, how many Sam. Americans I, feel I, that way? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love America too, but I sure hate the regime that, that uh, you know, uh, pretends it's the... Uh, pretends it's our government i mean they 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 have it it has more power i mean it is the largest power in the world it spends more money trillions of dollars on on um, on its programs on itself basically than all the rest of the countries put together practically at least the first eight or nine countries next to it um and so in terms of size and reach this u.s government has never been bigger or worse than it is right now and and so you have to ask you know people would ask the question well if, if the u.s government you know uh is is chopped down to size or it pulls its horns back in and quits intervening in other countries what's going to happen well i'll tell you what happened you, you know the, the the people of america the private sector they would assert their right to travel to trade to spend money engage in cultural changes and associate with other people they would be the ones to reach out and where, you know, goods and services cross borders, armies do not. And so it would be the people of these United States reaching out and inter in, 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 uh, engaging in, in social um, uh, trade and, and, and so forth with other countries that would promote this good feeling among, all the, among, among countries. And, and, and so there wouldn't be a vacuum. You would actually have more trade, more uh, exchange of services, and, and everybody wins in a trade, right? If you actually want to buy a product or a service, 
it's because you value that product or service more than you value the money required to buy it. And the person who's selling the product or service values your money more than the product or service that he or she is selling. And so both parties win in a free trade transaction. Ladies and gentlemen, think of it this way. In the early days, what was the quote from Adams you gave? In the early days when Adams gave the quote, we didn't have a vacuum of of tyranny everywhere, a vacuum filled with tyranny. We had more and more people around the world gravitating towards the free market because they saw what an economic engine it derives. Claire Isabel, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson with us. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Hurricane Ida hit landfall Sunday stronger than Hurricane Katrina 16 years earlier to the day. In fact, it was tied for fifth as the strongest hurricane to make landfall in the United States since records have been kept. Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards tells Fox News the multi-billion dollar levy system is paying off. You have to remember uh, that in Hurricane Katrina 16 years ago, it was really the failure of the levy that caused the, the worst part of that disaster by far. Uh, what I can report tonight is the hurricane risk reduction system, the protection system that has been really very much strengthened uh, in the 16 years since Katrina. By the way, about $14 billion worth of investment there. It's holding up extremely well. Officials confirmed that New Orleans had lost all power due to catastrophic transmission damage from the storm. President Biden pledged a full recovery for areas hit by Hurricane Ida. USA Radio News. Nielsen says more than 30 million Americans are now tuning in to Newsmax TV. It's one of the biggest media stories. Newsmax is available on all major cable systems. And if you cut the cord and don't get cable, you can still get Newsmax. Find it on your smart TVs like Samsung, LG, and more. Just go to your smart TV channel guide or download the free Newsmax app. Newsmax also streams free on Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Amazon Fire, or TiVo. And 7 million people have the Newsmax app on their smartphone. It takes seconds to download it on your phone, and there's no paywall or subscription. So watch Newsmax for breaking news anytime, anywhere. President Trump says Newsmax is really good, and Forbes calls Newsmax a news powerhouse. Find out why tens of millions of Americans are watching Newsmax TV and going to Newsmax.com for breaking news. It's a source you can trust. Newsmax is real news for real people. The president and first lady were present when the remains of American soldiers killed in Afghanistan last Thursday landed on American soil. Jeremy Scott reports. President Biden, First Lady Jill, and Defense Secretary Austin participated in a dignified transfer at Dover Air Force Base in Delaware on Sunday. We met with the families of uh, 13 fallen heroes in Afghanistan who lost their lives in the service of our country. And while we're praying for uh, the best in Louisiana, let's keep them in our prayers as well. Biden says the 13 U.S. service members who were killed were heroes, noting they were working to get others to safety when they died. Since the Taliban took over Kabul and most of Afghanistan in America's power vacuum, gunfire from across the Afghan border killed two Pakistani soldiers Sunday. The Pakistani army said it retaliated and killed two or three attackers, a claim not verifiable because the tribal districts along the Afghan border are off-limits with no exceptions. USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, Lowell Nelson, Sam Bushman, CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. We're talking about the U.S. government versus the United States. Serious, serious issue. The general government's just grown out of control, folks, and we need to rein it in. It's the bottom line. Uh, they no longer pay attention to the delegated, enumerated powers and authority that we, the people, through the United States gave them. The general government has now become literally one of the greatest powers in the world, treating foreign and domestic folks as enemies everywhere. Why it's waging war? Uh, well, the bottom line is you give it unlimited money, fake fiat money, and that's the, in my opinion, catalyst for their out-of-control belligerence everywhere. So we need to return to honest money as one of the great solutions at our fingertips, ladies and gentlemen. Again, every time if we apply principles in the Constitution to the problems that we face, we shall bring things on track. But until we do, it's just going to continue to run amok. An old soldier's denial on Afghanistan ought to be talked about, Lowell. I believe so, Sam. Jacob G. Hornberger wrote another column just two days earlier on nearly the same topic in which he brings... He brings to light several other important aspects of our Constitution. And like you say, Sam, over and over again, the answers are found in the Constitution. If we just return to that document and adhere to it, then most of these, maybe all of these problems would simply go away. They'd vanish. Um, he refers to a letter. in yeah, the I don't know if it's time. all or not. I'd just like to see how many would go away, and then we can talk about the ones that didn't, right? <laughs> yes, I agree. I think most of the big ones would go away. I mean, even the return to honest money, that would reduce the size of the government significantly, right? I mean, if they could only spend what, uh, in, 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 in terms of the amount of gold and silver that they were to re receive from the state, um, you know, due to apportionment, then they would be a minuscule entity. And, and, and it, you know, it was designed that way. People did not want a general government to be big. They wanted it to be minuscule, very, very small, very weak, only uh, in, to, to ensure protection from, from foreign enemy, enemies, elements, and to ensure uh, free, com, you know, free and open commerce among the states. So basically, common defense and commerce, those are the two big things about the Constitution. That's what the ratifiers thought they were doing when they ratified this the U.S. Constitution for the, for the general government. Well, we do need to get back to that. And one re and, and so uh, Hornberger's article gives us another reason why we really need to get back to the Constitution, um, and that is that we lose freedom in the name of liberty. Is what's happening, right? He 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 cites this letter written by a retired captain in the U.S. Navy who served in the Vietnam War. The captain wrote, basically, there's no disgrace in defeat in Afghanistan because those soldiers who returned from Afghanistan, they took an oath to the Constitution. He wrote this. He says, quote, Loyalty to that oath has helped to preserve the right of Americans and others to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for more than 200 years, end of quote. Is this true? <laughs> well, I think not, Sam. The Constitution requires a declaration of war from Congress, just like you said, before the president can legally wage war. Was there a declaration of war from Congress regarding North Vietnam? Was there a declaration of war from Congress regarding Afghanistan? No. The answer is no. There's no question about it. There was no such declaration of war. In fact, the last, most recent declaration of war occurred in 1941, 
when Congress declared war against Japan, when the Congress declared war against Germany. That was the most recent declaration of war. Every other war the U.S. administration has waged since then is illegal. It's not, it's not a legal war. Now, the framers did not want the commander-in-chief deciding whether the U.S. would wage war. They placed that authority, that responsibility, squarely on the shoulders of those in Congress. Those in Congress. Those, and let's be very clear, that meant people. those closest to the people? That also meant that they would take direct guidance from the will of the people. It was an appropriate, include a, a part of democratic ideas, saying, hey, when the majority of the people believe in something, it's probably right. So there's a principle there to understand. But then using delegated authority to make sure that it didn't run off the rails and become too democracy style. And so you had this blend of how do we get the most amount of people involved? How do we get the decision closest to the people, but yet still have moral representation uh, so that it was tempered? That was the intent of the founders, an incredible check and balance built right there, putting a check on the president, putting a check on the people, and putting a delegated authority in place, but yet engaging the most amount of people possible, but yet with limits and with guidance and with prudence all in the mix. I mean, it was brilliant. Lowell? It was brilliant, absolutely. And then what happened? Well, let's look at the war on North Vietnam, for example. It involved the conscription of America, right? 2.2 million American men were forced to leave their families and their jobs, travel thousands of miles away from American shores to kill or be killed, all in the name of freedom. Those who refused to serve their country were severely punished, punished right, including with, with jail time. Right. That's what happened. That's that was virtually and, and, considered and traitors, it, sir. Yeah, absolutely. The, this intervention in North Vietnam did nothing, nothing, Sam, to preserve the right of Americans and others to life, liberty and pursuit of happiness. Right. They got an order from the president. Um, this, this would have been Johnson uh, back in 1970s that, that they were to to uh, go to war, go fight in, in Nam. They had a choice to make, Sam. The U.S. soldiers had a choice to make. They could either support and defend the Constitution by disobeying the illegal order to invade and occupy Vietnam, or they could loyally obey the president and, in the process, violate one's oath to the Constitution. What did they do? Well, they chose to obey the president, not the Constitution. They almost always do, Sam. You almost, always, almost never have soldiers who understand the true nature of the constitution they will obey the president not the constitution well and many of them understand it but they know that the repercussions are too great as well so they go along to get along just following orders and say hey i can't handle the repercussions otherwise yeah so thus it is true sam interventionism destroys freedom and and we do it in the name of liberty like this captain from uh, who, who wrote the editorial in the L.A. Times, right? He is, he's saying that we do, we, that we go out and search for monsters to destroy in the name of life, liberty, and property, right? In the name of freedom. That's why we go. But what happens? We destroy freedom. Think about all the people in Vietnam who died because we were there. Think of all the people in Afghanistan who have died, the collateral damage of the wars. 
they're injured, they're maimed, or they lose family members in these occupations, these wars that we wage, that the U.S. regime, that the U.S. government wages on these people. What about their rights to life, liberty, and property, Sam? Right? You think of the destruction of civil liberties and privacy here at home at the hands of the FBI and the CIA, the famous, the infamous federal program to spy on and search opponents as wars comes to mind, right? And, and so does the killing of anti-war protesters at Kent State University at the hands of U.S. soldiers. What about their rights to life, liberty, and property? And, and we can't forget the Pentagon and the CIA's, their infamous torture program um, at uh, Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. What about, you know, all of that was based on indefinite detention, the denial of due process, the denial of a right to a speedy trial, denial of effective assistance of counsel, denial of the right to confront adverse witnesses, the use of evidence and confessions acquired by torture. Yeah, think about that. What about life, liberty, and property there? Was, was that an expansion of freedom? Was that an expansion of liberty? Absolutely not. Well, the framers were steadfastly opposing, opposed to standing armies, Sam. Right? John Quincy Adams' statement, it, it rings in our ears again. America should not, does not go abroad in search of monsters to destroy. At least we shouldn't be doing that. Remember this. You learn this, as, you learn this as a little kid too, Lowell. Violence mm -hmm. begets violence. War begets war. Peace begets peace. Okay, this is a fundamental principle you learn when you're a kid. You say, well, my brother hit me. I know, but don't hit him back. Don't continue the violence. Don't continue. Okay, you learn this as a little kid, and then somehow you grow up and you're supposed to jettison it when it comes to governments? Great observation, Sam. And in fact, in Afghanistan, in the Middle East, most of the people uh, there live a life, a culture, a religion that requires vengeance, right? I mean, we're taught in the scriptures, Christians are taught that, you know, the, the vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and I will repay. But he doesn't give us any uh, permission to seek vengeance. But the cultures of the Middle East, they do. They have a duty, Sam, to seek vengeance when they are wronged. And that's one of the reasons why there's so much violence in the Middle East. Well, and that's man. why they've been going at it for thousands of years and we can never stop it. The only thing we can do is lead from the outside with a message of peace and love and prosperity and hopefully others will gravitate towards it. We're switching gears for the next segment, talking about your immune system on your radio. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, with Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, switching gears just a little bit. Why natural immunity works so well. There's a big old research study that breaks it on down just for us. The battle rages on. The mainstream press wants you to believe the only way it is to get the vaccinations, government or man-made immunity. Many of us, though, have received um, natural immunity from having the coronavirus. Uh, and a lot of people believe that, oh, man, that won't work. you got to have a vaccination card. you got to get vaxxed anyway. Your natural immunity is just not enough. But, ladies and gentlemen, natural immunity, according to multiple studies now, which we'll get into a lot more next hour with Dr. Scott Bradley, um, really is one of the great keys to the exercise lull. In fact, uh, let me just start to preface what I'm going to say with a story from uh, Saturday's Central Committee meeting. The Utah County Republican Party had a Central Committee meeting, and uh, in a small group discussion of just eight of us, uh, what we call our Ledge District meeting, uh, we were just talking, and one of the one of the, the ladies there, who is a young mother with children in school, said that she has never seen more sickness among school children at the start of the school year than right now, than this year. And we kicked that around, talked about it, and basically came to, to the conclusion that because we've been, you know, locked down for 18 months, or, or what, however long it's been, you know, a year and a half, basically not, in, not in, uh, you know, children have been, you know, masked and not able to play with friends and, you know, all this, this garbage. Well, now that the yeah, you live in a bubble school, and you don't have an immune system, right? Exactly. You know, and I liken it to um, the muscle of a body. If you don't exercise that muscle, it atrophies. It grows weaker. When when you do when you do exercise it, however, that muscle grows stronger. And and so we have we have failed to exercise our immune systems for months now, for over a year, well over a year. And so now when the students are coming back to school, they're exchanging germs with each other, which is a, a divinely ordained process. It's what should be happening all the time. But because we've been in isolation for so long, now the children, school children are, are engaging in this, this uh, divinely appointed process, and they're getting sick, which is what they're supposed to do, right? Because you get sick, and you build your immune system, and you develop antibodies that that protect you forevermore against that particular bacterium or virus. And because we haven't been doing that for over 
for so long, for well over a year, the the uh, the the immune systems have atrophied so much that the, they don't, they don't offer the school children protection this year the way they have in previous years. I just thought that was such a an interesting observation from a mother who whose whose children are going to school right now, going back to school, you know, this past week or two. So now that's all prelude to to what we want to do right now, which is to review how the immune system works. This is just glorious. It's fascinating how God designed this body, right? And and and, and so you every one of us is blessed with an immune system. And it comes in two forms. With, with, you know, we, we can analyze it and we can call it as two pieces, basically. But it's all one system. But uh, scientists and doctors, they talk about the humoral Yeah, think about uh, it as system. two main... Hold on, Lol. Think about it as two main functions that your immune system carries out, okay? There we go. Uh, humoral and cellular, right? Humoral is the Latin word for, right, for fluids in the body. It's just, you know, humoral, Okay. Now, when you're in, oh, we also have to understand how a virus works. A virus can't grow on its own. It only grows by occupying some other cell, right? So the, the, uh, and let's uh, call that a host, DNA. ladies and gentlemen. Let's okay. call that cell a uh, host, okay? Okay, okay so a, a virus propagates itself by invading a cell, and once it gets in that cell, then the cell replicates itself. It's the host, and it, and it reproduces and creates billions of, its, of, of copies of itself. Okay, now we talk about the humoral uh, function of the immune system. So when, and basically the fluids in your body, uh, everywhere throughout your body, you have your, what we call B cells. It's part of your immune system. And when you get infected with a virus, your body's B cells quickly produce antibodies to attack the viral particles circulating in your blood and your other fluids hoping to keep the virus from entering your cells and replicating itself, right? So the humoral system tries to prevent the virus from entering the gates of the city, right? Stop those viral particles from getting into your body. That's the let's make, let's make sure that virus has no host. Therefore, it cannot yeah. grow. Don't let it get into the host and take over the host, giving it the life-generating, duplicating power so don't let that virus get into the cells as function one perfect perfect and the b cells have amazing re ability to to identify which antibodies neutralize the virus most effectively and so when, once they realize okay this this antibody is is, is most effective at um, neutralizing those viral particles it immediately creates more of those kinds and less of the other kind that are not effective it's just amazing. It's a wondrous system. Now, then we come to the second uh, aspect. Uh, it's the cellular, cellular response of the immune system. Um, and that's the killer cells or the T cells, uh, T as in tomboy. Um, they, they attack the cells that, have already, that are already hosting the virus. So in some cases, the virus does infect host cells, and those cells, They'll, they'll start replicating themselves, but those get attacked by T cells. And, and, and so the, the body will destroy its own cells that have been invaded by viral particles. And, 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 and so the viral particles use those host cells to make copies of itself. And if that's allowed to proceed, 
then those host cells will create more of itself and the virus will win. But because of the killer T cells in your body, they actually, you know, they, they recognize that some of the cells of your own body are hosting the bad boys, these viral particles. And so the T cells go around and they kill the cells of your body that are hosting the virus. So that's the two that, that is just, when you think about it, it's just an amazing system, Sam. You got the, you got the humoral response and the cellular response. The humoral response tries to keep the invaders outside the, the gates. Don't let any of them host the, the viral particles. And then for the few viral particles. But if any of them do, slip through. Yeah, get inside. Then you got the T cells, the killer cells that will actually kill those those uh, the cells that got invaded by the viral particles. Now, here's what I find fascinating, Lowell. Mm-hmm. When the coronavirus is manipulating us and attacking us and doing all these things, I don't hear anybody, except for alternative talk radio and alternative health practitioners and everything else, supposedly terrorists is what they want you to believe. But I don't hear anybody talking about, hey, what we got to do is make your immune system strong, Lowell. What we got to do is do the things that can give your body the best chance to use its dual function to fight off these viruses. All they say is, hey, get the vaccine there. Nothing else is an option. Oh, we're worried about the hospitals being overwhelmed. Well, why don't you try strengthening people's immune systems then? But I hear nothing about that at all from your mainstream. Zero. Why? Well, it doesn't, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't bring them any money, Sam. They don't. They don't earn any money by uh, encouraging you to, you know, eat healthy. <laughs> anyway, I bring that up because I find it fascinating, though, that, you know what, if they were genuinely interested, as they say, of people not going to the hospital, people being healthy, people being able to overcome this, bringing us back to normal life, that's one of the key focuses they would have. But they don't. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's the small-town doctors, and there's thousands and thousands of them who truly have a sincere interest in keeping their their clients healthy. And they're the ones who are, you know, they're the ones who are promoting health. They're the ones who are saying, eat right, get lots of rest, uh, drink lots of, of fluids, you know, make sure that you're taking care of your own health. If you take care of your body, then your body will take care of you. Your immune system will vanquish all of these unwanted visitors, and you will have health. And in fact, Sam, nobody talks about the importance of, of becoming sick from time to time. I mean, I talk about that when I talk about health. It's, it's so important. It's one of the vital things that we do to cleanse the body of impurities, catars, and toxins is to get sick. That's what the body does. The body is trying to get rid of all these toxins and poisons, and people think that they're 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 sick, and they think that's a downer. Well, that's that's not true at all. You well, get it's literally so what's necessary. Body... It's literally what's necessary for trees to grow is to get beat up by the weather a bit. It's necessary for us to grow and be stable to get beat up by sicknesses and life a little bit, and that's what gives us the strength and the resilience. And what they're doing is instead of strengthening and building our immune systems, which we ought to be talking about, they want to basically um, really gut your immune system by putting you in a bubble, and then somehow they wonder why you're all sick and your immune system's not working. It's obvious. They know it. They're just not connecting the dots for you like we are and will. And speaking of connecting the dots and more evidence to make our point, UK data, Israel's data, destroys entire premise for vaccine push, lol. 
<laughs> Fantastic report out of the UK. They reported just last Thursday, quote, less than a third of Delta variant deaths are in the unvaccinated, end of quote. What do you hear on the lamestream media, right? They're saying, I, I heard this like three weeks ago, 97% of all you know, COVID deaths come from the unvaccinated. That is absolutely false. In fact, they're, they're, they were instructed by the CDC that if you did not get the vaccine within the previous 14 days, you are to be labeled unvaccinated when you get to the hospital, Sam. That's why so many hospitalizations and deaths, so-called, are, 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 are being blamed on those who are unvaccinated. It's crazy. And so, and, you know, put this another way, two-thirds of the Delta variant deaths in the U.K., uh, come from those who are jabbed, those who get the vaccine, two-thirds. Well, and so here are the details. From February 1 to August 2 of this year, right? So that's February through July of this year, the U.K. recorded 742 deaths due to the Delta variant of COVID. That's really not very many, 742. Now, of those 742 deaths, 402 were fully vaccinated, 79 had received one shot, and 253 were unvaccinated. But diving even deeper, we learned that of those 402 deaths, I mean, that was out of 47,008 cases, while the 253 deaths were out of 151,054 cases, nearly three times as many cases of the unvaccinated, and yet half as many deaths from that group than from the group that got vaccinated. Sam, it is and ladies more and gentlemen, let's be very clear. Die. Yeah. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, yeah. It's more likely that you will die if you get vaccinated than if you don't. Sam, that's the bottom line. Go ahead. Well, an Israel doctors reported in an Israeli newspaper carried forward by LifeSite News. They reported more elderly were dying because of the vaccines than because of the COVID. I dared to report that reality check, and that's what got me kicked off Twitter. Yep. I believe there you it, have it, ladies and gentlemen. You're telling the truth. Well, the truth and shall make us free, ladies truth. and gentlemen. We will continue to ride for the brand and tell the tale of liberty, promote the sacred cause of liberty. That's who we are. That's what we do. Our one in the can. For Lowell Nelson and Sam Bushman, God save the Republic of the United States of America. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thanks, Lowell. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio, hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August the 30th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our two of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Welcome to the broadcast. Dr. Scott Bradley in the house. To Preserve the Nation is lifelong goal and collegiate series to match. All available at freedomsrisingsun.com as he tries to rebuild his website after continued 
uh, deplatforming going on. What a sad tale to tell. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir. Well, thank you very much. Always good to start another week with you folks and uh, kind of give everybody a little, uh, uh, I hate to kind of use this in the, the common vernacular we're involved with today, but a booster shot, if you will, for the cause of liberty. This one does not have any undesirable uh, side effects and probably will uh, will help restore the health in many ways, including getting rid of the tyranny that's been implemented upon this nation in the name of this pandemic so yeah there's only one man-made side effect to this um booster shot of the sacred cause of liberty doctor and that is that rogue agents in government might call you a terrorist well there's no question about that in fact if you remember back in 2008 when our friend uh, chuck uh, baldwin was running for president the fusion centers across the nation and i remember you and i actually did a phone call to the missouri fusion center on your radio, we did a live phone call. I mean, this is going back a few years, I know, and your memory banks may not be that good, but the attempt was to talk to the people about why there were people being identified as terrorists that uh, supported such things as the Second Amendment and were anti-abortion and or Chuck Ron Baldwin Paul. and Ron Paul. Uh, no question about that. So, but as as you may also recall that that we got stonewalled and ultimately. We made multiple calls back, and they busied out their lines. I mean, they were total cowards. But I fear uh, that that, that uh, malady has not gone away in the years since, and in fact has, has uh, gotten worse. In fact, if you look, for example, uh, have you noticed that the uh, blue-shirt Gestapo Nazis at the airports have gone away in the 20 years since they were implemented in the, in the wake of the 9-11 attacks? No, they haven't. They have solidified and become a kind of an icon of expectation as we go to the airports nowadays. No, this stuff doesn't get any better. I mean, you look at the two weeks to flatten the curve kind of thing. Now we're a year and a half to that. You look what's happening in, in Australia, the formal penal colony that has become a penal colony again. I mean, these things are just steps of tyranny that they keep... You know, it's in great gulps. It's not just a little spoonful here and stuff like that. It's not just a shovelful here. They're on a full court press right now. So I think Americans need to wake up because what's happening in Australia ain't far from here, folks. Amen to that. Speaking of that very direct thing as they peddle tyranny in America, we got to reject it. But more information is coming out around the world, and they're having a hard time blocking this in the United States. Headline. People who recovered from a bout with COVID-19 may face lower risk from the Delta variant when compared to those who have not been infected with coronavirus, but they have two doses of the vaccine. Believe it or not, Bloomberg's now reporting. So those who have natural immunity, those people who got the cocoa, got sick, survived it, natural immunity, Ladies and gentlemen, they now say more and more studies are coming out documenting that they are in a better shape to fight off future viruses than those who have the vaccines. They say a new study of the power of COVID-19 natural immunity versus the protection provided by vaccines is igniting, igniting, I'm sorry, a debate between scientists on this very topic. Um. But you know what? They say this is a textbook example of how 
Natural immunity is much better than vaccine credit immunity. They're literally talking about this. Um, they're literally talking about this in the in the mainstream discussions now. They can't avoid the discussion, Doctor Bradley. You know, it's it's one of those things. I mean, you know, what do you say? Duh. I mean, <laughs> this this kind of thing it shouldn't even be uh, even a question in anyone's mind. Uh, the historical evidence would show this clear back into the 1918 Spanish flu thing. And um, and we recognize, well, we should recognize, the uh, system that God built is far superior to the false gods that we're currently worshiping, the researchers and scientists and physicians and, and the pharma companies and the politicians and the bureaucrats and the, uh, oh, I don't know, what do you call them? They're celebrity endorsers. I mean, come on, people. This thing is absolutely absurd. Now, the, I, you, you probably saw the uh, research that came out of Israel on this, and this Israel is, is also a draconian penal colony and these kinds of things. They're not a free people. It's a fascist state, a socialist fascist state that has implemented full-blown uh, draconian powers to, uh, to get the people vaccinated. They're probably well over 80% of their population is vaccinated. The... The stuff that's going on there with the dread disease is rampant. And these Israeli researchers found that those that had had the problem and now have natural immunity are far better off than those that have been taking the jab. And by the way, the natural immunity does not have any of the side effects that you can expect. We see so many people of all ages, young athletes. We, we see people, retired athletes people that have been in a high level of fitness their whole life that are dying for, quote-unquote, unknown causes. Just suddenly, two weeks after the, the jab, croak, and they say, oh, no, 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 it's not related. It's just happenstantial. No, 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 no. Uh, nothing to see here, folks. Move on. I mean, it's it's like a mind game that they're doing with us. And, and this natural immunity thing I hope it grows some legs and gets widely spread because uh, they've been spreading enough false doctrine uh, to uh, just try to dispel, oh, no, no, we're not so sure that you're going to be well off if you got uh, the disease, and now you got to get the jab too. It's, it's absurd what, the, uh, what extent and lengths they're going to. Now listen to carefully to this study because it goes even further, Dr. Bradley, which I find quite fascinating. They say the increased protection found in the study extended beyond reinfection as natural immunity was also found to lead to fewer symptomatic cases and hospitalizations as well. So, I mean, this is just clear. This study is huge. Now, they want to make sure you know this is not peer-reviewed to date yet. But the next headline, believe it or not, is from WorldNet Daily. Art Moore doing a great job, but a similar headline on the same topic says this. Dr. Anthony Fauci and the government health establishment continue to insist that vaccines provide superior immunity to natural infection contradicting the worldwide consensus about this pandemic so fauci and these people are just absolutely not following the science doubling down on Rand paul's point 
they're literally off their rockers disputing everything that is known about illness in the world today. It's amazing as the government literally becomes an enemy of the people on this, Dr. Bradley. Well, right from the very beginning, they have become the propaganda arm. They're the Nazi propaganda arm right from the very beginning. Fauci and his crew, and I mean, my position on this is, and it uh, shouldn't surprise anybody, I'm a naysayer, so, uh, but I, I like to seek truth, and wherever I can go to find it, I will. But I don't believe the CDC, the National Institute of Health, the World Health Organization, any of these so-called expert organizations have a shred of credibility left. The Food and Drug Administration, come on, people, the incestuous wife-swapping relationship they have with the pharma industry, this is, this is absolutely immoral, and, and we are, we are being, having foisted upon us a great lie. You tell a big enough lie long enough, according to the Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi war propaganda, I mean, uh, propaganda minister, uh, it becomes truth. And, and the, the issue in the matter is that, that there are those, I, I can't tell you how many times I run into people that they say, I, I don't want to hear it. I, 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 I won't read anything. I won't listen to anything. I will not examine this. I don't want to be confused. Well, they have been drinking the flavor aid, like at the Jonestown massacre thing. It wasn't Kool-Aid, by the way, for those that might remember that. It was flavor aid. Uh, the, the poison was flavored for them to drink, and they drank it, and hundreds of people died. Men, women, and children because of some megalomaniac, and that's exactly what's happening with Fauci and his crew. A megalomaniac, and you'd think a scrawny little bugger like him, is, uh, has risen to power like he has and, and uh, has the, the vocal cords of, of all of the propaganda across the world in his hands, and he's, with his other hand, strangling out contrary voices. It is Think of the imagery of this, and uh, how can someone like him, uh, I think someday, again, like out of Isaiah 14, people are going to look narrowly at him and say, huh, you were able to, to do this to the nations of the world? It's astounding. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. A whole lot more coming up. Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches. 
in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley on your radio talking about these new studies that are out. Study previous COVID-19 infections prevent Delta or prevent future infections much more so than even a double shot of the Pfizer vaccines. Natural immunity is the key. People who recovered from about with the COVID-19 face lower risks from all kinds of diseases, including the coronavirus in the future, than those who have been vaccinated. The increased protection found in the study extended beyond reinfection. Natural immunity has been found to be, to be linked to fewer symptomatic cases and hospitalizations as well. The largest real-world analysis to date found people previously infected with the coronavirus are at lower risk from contracting the Delta variant than those who received two doses of the vaccines, ladies and gentlemen. The data for the United Kingdom, meanwhile, adds fuel to this reality check. Indicate that vaccinated people also are spreading the coronavirus. We don't have anything that will stop the transmission, these experts in the U.K. say. The latest UK data is ugly. Same with Israeli data. 67% of deaths are vaccinated. 48% of cases, believe it or not, are uh, vaccinated. So 67% of deaths and 48% of cases are vaccinated. The vaccinated are spreading the virus to the world starting to admit and realize. Now, this is very serious because... Ladies and gentlemen, this came out in Israel months ago where the doctors, and this was published in an Israeli newspaper carried by LifeSite News, uh, which was that more elderly people are dying from the vaccines than they are the coronavirus itself. I dared to report that, and that's what got me kicked off Twitter. Did you know that? And I've been off Twitter to this day as a result of me having the guts to report that. Well, the mainstream... Twitter in America didn't like it. But ladies and gentlemen, in a column this week in the Blaze magazine, or I guess the Blaze website, Daniel Horowitz summarized 15 different studies showing natural immunity from infection of COVID-19 is superior to vaccines. 
this isn't one study. This isn't two studies. This isn't five. This isn't 10. We've known natural immunity to be superior in the vaccine world for decades. And it's no different with the coronavirus. And they know it. But Fauci and those rogue agents in government don't care. They want to shove scientific disinformation down your throat as they peddle big pharma to the umph degree. That's what's going on, Dr. Bradley. And the world's starting to call the United States con game on them. And the word's getting out. They're not able to stop the truth because it's so well documented, so scientific in reality that Fauci can't upend the truth anymore. You know, it's it's interesting, and we've talked about this on a number of occasions, and I, it needs to be reiterated constantly. But but from the very get-go on this whole thing, the the whole facade of this, this whole charade, in in my opinion, and and I'm talking about when it really got launched, Utah declared an emergency, as just I think two days short of three weeks of when they had their so-called. Um, first COVID-related death, which I seriously doubt <coughs> was related and had anything to do with it. But they declared an emergency three weeks before it happened. This has been not just a narrative, not just a storyline. It has been a script that they have been pushing. And to, we, we should, as, as all of us, should be willing to recognize the intent from the very beginning, the first major media outlet interview I did, the focus of that was compulsory vaccines. And and we are way down that path right now. And you look at what's happening, uh, you know, here in this country, I mean, with uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Blasio in New York and his draconian efforts in, you know, San Francisco, L.A. and so on. The major metro areas that are run by communists are are truly implementing this and and you look at the whole countries that are being locked down i mean israel you can't even be a human being anymore without having the jab you look at in australia i mean they're they're giving them one hour a day to come out of their house that's what solitary confinement people get one hour a day out of solitary the rest of the time you're locked down and you know what kills me is is that in 1996 they they uh confiscated their firearms the people, I, I think it will come down to 1956 Hungarian revolt kind of thing, ultimately. They'll be throwing bricks at tanks. I mean, and, and bottles of gasoline at tanks. I mean, they have disarmed the people, which is where, of course, we know their their efforts are with the, the Biden crowd. And, of course, lots of others could be named uh, where they're trying to disarm America, and and thankfully uh, we have the God-given Second Amendment rights that are uh, actually should slow it down a little bit. But I wonder if Americans have the backbone too. But you look at New Zealand. New Zealand is very similar. You look at what's gone on in the British Isles. You look at what's gone on on the continent. We have draconian efforts of tyranny that have descended upon the world, and. Uh, we're not far behind what's happening. And like I say, solitary confinement is not much different than what they've done in Australia. And I think it's largely responsible be, or caused by the fact that the people have lost their ability or at least perceived their loss of ability. And I, I, I think that the time will come when something's going to have to snap. These people that are doing this are truly tyrants and, uh, they say they're doing it for our own good. They're doing it as benevolent and, uh, you know, they're smiling. Uh, behind the smile are fangs. 
in the silk glove is an iron fist, and and that's what they're doing. And I I just hope Americans come to the point to understand that. About half of Americans are vaccinated and the other half aren't. And by the way, it's not a vaccine. And by the way, it's not effective as everyone should know by this point. You don't get any value from it. It doesn't prevent infection. It doesn't keep you from having really bad stuff. It doesn't keep you from dying from it. Uh, there's, there's nothing except for you got to get it because they say. And they're still pushing that. But half of Americans right now are saying no. Everybody's had an opportunity to get it, and those that haven't have made a decision. And now it's going to come down to compulsion. And uh, they're going to do now, it Now, the by interesting th- thing is they always try to cling to this. Well, if you get the vaccination, then you might go to the hospital, you might get sick, you might be able to spread it, all these things. It's not likely. It's very rare. Very, very, very rare. But everybody you know has been in that situation. It's so rare. But then they say, but you'll, your symptoms will be less. And see, I don't understand how they can even document that kind of a thing anyway. How do you determine, um, you know, how bad it would be for me if I was vaccinated, for instance, compared to how bad it is if I'm not vaccinated? And then the other question becomes, it might be worse for me now, even if I'm not vaccinated, than if I am. Maybe that assertion's true. But how much more immune, how much more robust will my immune system be? after the fact in either case that's something they're not discussing as well they're not being genuine with the discussion or the science at all there hasn't been any science in this at all the whole thing's been slap shot it's by guess and by golly i mean this idea two weeks to flatten the curve oh that's a dramatic statement that sounds pretty funky let's try that out so they six, put us all in six feet you got to stay away from each other for six feet that that's a, that's another made-up thing I mean, there is no science behind that. The masks, forget it. There's you heard they said they can reduce now. the six feet to three feet now, though, right? Well, you know what? Make it two feet, make it 200 feet. The, the fact of the matter is, I mean, the, the science is, is exposing the lie. And when you say, oh, yeah, go with a mask, this, the masks, the smallest that it will filter is like uh, three nanometers. This is said to be dot three nanometers. I mean, that's a pretty small, skinny little guy getting through the uh, the masks, and and there's plenty of research now that say no masks don't do any good. Oh, but we got to do it. It's virtue signaling. Everybody's got to wear them at church. Everybody's got to wear them whenever they go into a store. Everybody's got to stand six feet away. But but there is no science. There is nothing that says. I mean, it's like, think about this. If it's airborne and you're breathing. Uh, and and you breathe as you walk down the aisles in the um, in the store, and and it's not filtering so small. I mean, you're going to suffocate if it would filter the smallness. I mean, without a respirator type um, uh, apparatus on it, you're going to you're going to suffocate. But if you walk down the aisles in the store and you're breathing, these little floaty particles, whatever they want to call them, are in the air as you go down the aisles. Oh goodness, fear, doubt. Terror, despondency, that's what they want us to do. It is absurd, absolutely absurd. All right, ladies and gentlemen, hang tight. I'll prove the point to you even further after the break with Dr. Scott Bradley. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Liberty Newswire. 
You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As Hurricane Ida made landfall Sunday in southern Louisiana as a Category 4 storm, the impact of 150-mile-an-hour winds and storm surge were lessened where major levee renovations were built over the years since Hurricane Katrina. Louisiana Governor Edwards on Fox News Sunday night. You have to remember uh, that in Hurricane Katrina 16 years ago, it was really the failure of the levee that caused the, the, the worst part of that disaster by far. Uh, what I can report tonight is the hurricane risk reduction system, the protection system that has been really uh, very much strengthened uh, in the 16 years since Katrina. By the way, about $14 billion worth of investment there. It's holding up extremely well, as are levee systems, even in LaFouche and Cherbon Parish. Uh, but when you have a storm that is this strong, the storm is actually stronger uh, than Hurricane Katrina. USA Radio News. You take steps to stay healthy. When at the pharmacy, picking up vitamins or filling a prescription. May I help you? Take another healthy step right now and ask the pharmacist how Prevnar 13 can help protect you from pneumococcal pneumonia, a potentially serious bacterial lung disease. If you're 65 or older, a trip to the pharmacy is a lot more pleasant than a trip to the hospital because of pneumococcal pneumonia. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13-valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Stop by the pharmacy today and ask about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. When will COVID-19 vaccines be available for kids? Dan Naraki reports. As kids across the nation return to the classroom, many parents are looking for approval from the FDA that would allow children under 12 to receive the COVID vaccine. That's something that could come by the end of the year, according to former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb. The Pfizer board member explained the process that the company will go through to apply for changes to its emergency use authorization to CBS News. Well, Dr. Fauci was on TV this morning talking about the potential for an authorization uh, this fall. Uh, Pfizer is going to be in a position, the company I'm on the board of, as you mentioned, be in a position to file data with the FDA at some point in September and then file the application potentially as early as October. So that'll put us on a time frame where the vaccine could be available at some point late fall, more likely early winter, depending on how long FDA takes to review the application. Historically, they've taken four to six weeks to review these authorizations. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. USA Radio News. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Every single thing we seem to be doing is wrong. Now the New York Times even has an article out that says this. Why anti-COVID plastic barriers in classrooms and restaurants may make things worse. Think about that for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Everywhere you go now they have up those plastic things, right? It's supposed to keep everybody safe from one another, right? But ladies and gentlemen, they don't work. And they say, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, that these plastic things are making things worse. Why? Because everybody touches them with their hands. Why? Because everybody breathes right on them while they're trying to talk to one another, hearing each other. 
you can't hear each other with all these barriers up and different things like what you got a mask on and you got this plastic thing between you you can't hear so you lean really close to this thing well the next person is leaning really close to it and touching it and everything else right think about it but a study by a group of researchers with the national institute of occupational safety and health in cincinnati not that i support this group in the first place but nevertheless they say they've tested different size transparent barriers in an, in an isolation room using a quote cough simulator they say that under right conditions taller shields above cough height stop 70 percent of the uh, particles on the other side but you got to understand that where do those particles go well, they might not reach the person on the other side protecting them slightly, but all those particles just go on that glass or that plexi thing right between you. And so the bottom line is, is that, hey, now you've got that uh, <coughs> plexiglass or whatever, that, unless they clean it every single, what, five minutes. The study didn't even consider that workers and customers move around, that other people could be in the room breathing the quote redirected particles so they're not getting rid of the particles they're just redirecting them so the other guy that's in line behind you might be more vulnerable now because we've got this barrier that think about it these these barriers impede normal airflow there you have it dr bradley you want to respond to this one now they're even admitting this blatantly after they spend who knows how much money and put up these barriers everywhere now they say they're not even helping we, we, you know, the buffoonery of this whole thing is absurd, and, and we've talked about this for a year and a half now. But, but here's here's the thing, uh, you know, they're talking redirected. It's like follow the science. Well, the science is telling us everything you've done has been, in, uh, you know, basically done by imbeciles, uh, by guessing by golly and everything like that. But but here's the other thing though too. Let let's just say that that uh, what you do is 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 some of the bad stuff sticks to the part to the uh, these plexiglass things and if they do come through and they they sanitize them they vape they put uh, some kind of spray they wipe them down with some kind of cloth that has some disinfectant on it okay people stop and think for a minute all of this stuff instead of allowing us to deal with this soup of bacteria and viruses and everything that is naturally upon the earth it's been here for all of mortality that's what our systems were designed for. But no, instead of letting us deal with it and build the, you know, the T-cell immunity and all those kind of things that uh, should be talked about, we have been not only trying to suppress everything in that, we have been actually working in opposition to our natural immunity by disinfecting our hands and, and every surface in the, everything that gets touched by human beings is disinfected and then you go and touch it and you get the disinfectant on you and so your natural immunity is is not just I mean it's like it doesn't work first of all but second of all it's suppressing what you would be doing and building within your own system for the whole thing for every step of the way and and it, it's so astounding to me that that when the science starts coming out, and you know, we know that usually it takes a while for the scientific research to be done. The stuff they short circuit, by the way, in the development of this so-called vaccine, where they 
took all the safety gates away where they built the thing and shoved it out the door, and they've been shoving it in people's arms incessantly now, most of this year. But, but the fact of the matter is the real science was never done on that either. The real science, the, the safety checks, the short and long-term adverse reactions, all those kind of things, they're by guess and by golly. The experiment's going on still, probably will be for another year and a half. But the fact of the matter is we still probably won't know for 10 years how bad it is. But as we do get some research out that has followed the normal research patterns, like this thing you just talk about, the plastic barriers, this, the research is not bearing out the, the solutions, quote-unquote, that they threw out at us a year and a half ago. The masks have not borne out anything. The six-foot thing has not borne out anything. The idea the vaccine is going to prevent and, and uh, be our savior has not borne out anything. In fact, and every the, one of these has not only not borne out anything in their favor, but it's borne out their betrayal of science and their denial of science in the first place. And, and if you isolate yourself... You, what you've done is you've prevented yourself from your natural growth pattern that, that you experience every day when you're out and about in life. And, and so putting someone in solitary confinement actually uh, causes them to be more susceptible to something else they might bump into when they get out. So every single stinking step of the way, the facade is being exposed now but they have not been willing to let go of it. It's kind of like the Nazis that are in the airport. You're never going to see them go away. It's been 20 years since 9-11, you know, 9-11, 2001. They're not, they're not going away. And they've institutionalized and, and, and strengthened it. And that's like what they're doing right now with everything. I mean, you look at what's going on all across the world, and, and they're doubling down. The Fauci's of the world are not saying, oh, man, I made a mistake. Uh, golly, I'm sorry. There isn't the slightest mea culpa on this thing at all. It's um, uh, you must believe us. You will follow our directives. And, and you get everybody. Trump here a week or so ago got booed in Alabama because he said, get the vaccine. The people in Alabama are saying, you're nuts. You're nuts. Quit it. Stop. Don't give us that. We're, sh we're just sick and tired of worshiping at the altar of COVID. Our Savior is not the physicians, the scientists, the researchers, and the pharma companies, and the politicians, and the celebrity endorsers. I mean, none of this stuff, the talking heads on the media, they're not our saviors. We have a Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and what was created by God in human beings is what works. This system is a magnificent system. The system in our bodies, the system that he created on this self-renewing earth, the system in the universe, it all has purpose. And by the way, the American Founding Fathers, you know, you can't have a show without me bringing on the American Founding Fathers. They, they recognized the wisdom of those that in the Renaissance had started looking through devices they'd never had, microscopes, telescopes, and they found that the universe was based upon a system. There was order, which spoke of a creator, which spoke of purpose, and their, their efforts were focused on, well, if there's order and there's a purpose and there's a creator and if he loves us, maybe, just maybe, there's a, there's a form of government that will allow us to become happy and free and prosperous and, and be able to become everything that mortals were to become on God's plan. 
instead of the tyrants directing our lives. I mean, these do-gooders that are that consider themselves gods on earth, these humanists that that worship the uh, the wisdom of man that's unproven and changeable as the day is long. That's where we are in America today is we've gone with a godless belief system. Now, uh, I, don't get me wrong. There's plenty in America. There's lots in America that still have faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's still plenty in America that are faithful to their families, still plenty that want to do what is good and noble, that want to obey the commandments. But those that sit at the head of the government are the ones that are fostering this, and those that sit at the head of the government have the organs of communication. You've been deplatformed de from Twitter. I've been deplatformed. All my 14, 1,500 videos have been erased, gone, poof, and we're trying to rebuild and, and reconstruct and get something going. It's It's challenging. And, uh, and yes, they, they have much power. But the spirit of, of uh, humanity has a divine spark in it. And I, I hope and pray that sooner or later we in America wake up to that. And we turn our back in the false philosophies of these worshipers of man's wisdom. That, you know, we're told in the scriptures the wisdom of the wise and the understanding of the prudent will fail. And, and we've made a covenant with death. I mean, go go read the 28th chapter of Isaiah. A, a covenant with death and hell is talked about there, and this overflowing scourge and all this kind of stuff. I believe it's my strongly held conviction that the Scriptures were to be understood by us in our day just as much as they were because they were prophetically written. And the prophetic written form is good counsel for us today. And the divine and I, spark you mentioned, Dr. Bradley, should turn us to God Almighty, the author of our liberty, the author of our very lives. And if we're going to want to cling to life, we ought to turn to the author of our lives and say, what ought we do to stay alive? Answer, keep the commandments. He'll heal us and protect us. Could we want more? Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission. morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. 
Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. Dr. Scott Bradley, ladies and gentlemen, freedomsrisingsun.com with me. I am Sam Bushman. We're talking about God. We're talking about we are his children. We have a divine, godly heritage. We have liberty in America based on our founding fathers' view that we look to God, not government, for direction, for safety, for protection, for guidance, for clarity, for understanding. I could go on, but whether we're talking about the coronavirus and the lies being told at every turn as they jettison science, they're getting caught as more and more scientific evidence comes forward and proves the points we've been making for literally 18 months on this. We've been proven right. They've been proven wrong on topic after topic after topic, and it shall continue because the truth is on our side and the truth shall set us free. But I want to mention a little bit about these disasters we're experiencing, whether you're afraid and running around with the COVID, trusting in the arm of flesh to save you, trusting in, uh, you know, robed thugs and doctors and, and to protect you, whether it be judges or doctors, or whatever else, you know, we got to trust in God, not in these people, not in the arm of flesh. But now you look at this big storm, Ida. Ida hits as one of the strongest storms to ever strike Louisiana. Hundreds of thousands are now without power as powerful storm hit New Orleans. Now, here's what I find fascinating about this. Hurricane Ida made landfall late on Sunday morning at what's called Port Fortune, exactly 16 years since Hurricane Katrina. That's a catastrophic hurricane that killed more than 1,800 people on the Gulf Coast in 2005. Okay. The hurricane hit Louisiana as a Category 4 storm with winds of over 150 miles per hour. And torrential downpours. Now, they say it's weakened into a tropical storm now, but there's just thousands without power. Just disaster everywhere. Buildings ripped, the roofs ripped off buildings and everything else. And I've got several, several questions about this, Dr. Bradley, and I don't think we'll have time to get to all of it, but we'll try to get to as much of it as we can. How likely is it, do you think, that really on the 16th anniversary to the day, would another massive storm hit literally the same place? It's almost like a celebration of storms. It's crazy. <laughs> well, sometimes I guess if we don't get the message, we, we get another opportunity to hear it. I mean, I look back in my day, the Hurricane Camille back in August of 1969. I mean, that's the second most intense hurricane to strike the continental United States. I mean, uh, that was, you know, again, August, this is hurricane season. But uh, but the fact of the matter is, I, I truly believe that uh, 
I don't know. I I think God wants to bless us. I think God wants to preserve us. I think God loves us. I think God sometimes nudges us along and says, you know, I'm still out here. Remember, remember, huh? Yeah, but people curse God and die. There's a whole group that do that, you know. But then there's others that say, oh, 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 was I forgetting that? I mean, you look at Israel uh, back in, you know, 600 B.C. Uh, they They had ignored their God. And, you know, you can look at Ezekiel chapter 20, for example, and find out the Sabbath day is a, is a sign of the covenant between God and his people. And Israel was saying, yeah, we're, we're God's people, okay? And, and they hadn't obeyed the Sabbath day. And so if you read in Second Chronicles, God had to kind of take them out of the land and, and for 70 years let the land just sit fallow. It had no, nobody worked the land, really, to speak of, because the land deserved its Sabbath day. And if you look, I mean, I I, I travel around the country uh, and speak and everything like that. Sometimes I've, I've had to, you know, I get done speaking on a Saturday night. I leave town on a Sunday. Sometimes I look at the towns I'm in. I try and get a spirit of them. Way too many spend far too much ignoring the Sabbath day and keeping it holy. And while there are great exceptions, I mean, and I could give you examples of some of my travels around the country and, and some of the things are absolutely awe-inspiring, the, the Christian attitudes and beliefs and things like that. So I still believe America can be saved, but we need, I mean, apparently, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to be a wake-up call. Does, does well, and there's a formula to being saved, though. You don't just be saved. You've got to do certain things that God asks us to do. We've got to obey his commandments. We've got to turn to him. We've got to repent. He gives us clear instructions of what is necessary for his blessings uh, to be poured out upon us. And so let's be very clear. We obey God's directives. And when we do, great things happen. When we don't, go south in a second is the point. And ladies and gentlemen, it's important to understand this with relations to these hurricanes and everything. Now, I'm not saying the people of Louisiana are any worse than anybody else, and therefore they got nailed. I'm just saying it's interesting to me. I don't know if man-made manipulations of weather are involved or not, uh, but it's interesting, the literally 16th anniversary, a massive storm comes in and nails them, and they're without power and everything else. And you know what? Our prayers are with the folks of Louisiana. I'm not here to attack them or say they're worse than anybody else. I'm just here to say it's a sad tale to tell when these storms nail us. And when we don't mention God, I mean, I hear coverage of the storms literally 24-7, and I don't hear anything about God at all. Nothing. And I don't understand it. You would think that we would tie this to God and tie this to repentance and tie this to turning to him and praying for those. At least Joe Biden said we need to pray for those people in Louisiana, and good for Joe for saying it. But I think we need to take that seriously, doctor. Well, that's that's kind of the problem. We talk out of both sides of our mouth. I mean, you know, you read in the scriptures about uh, they draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And and the the thing is that uh, you know this this superficial wink and a nod at God is is inadequate. And and if you're doing everything in your power to destroy the gifts that God has given us and and be implementing everything that destroys everything virtuous, lovely, of good report and praiseworthy, I, I you know. I, I've brought this up before about how in Utah, the Spencer Cox, the governor, he, he proclaims a month of, of uh, uh, sexual, uh, the, the confused people, the Pride Week. We're going to celebrate that for the month of June in Utah. And oh, by the way, pray to God that, that our drought is lifted. It's like, wait, 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 wait. 
I, I'm not quite sure how this all fits together. If you're recognizing the hand of God, like Joe Biden did, was saying, pray for the people. It's it's a simple, it's moving their lips. They draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What has Joe Biden done, literally? I mean, he's pro-abortion, for example. Let's just take that. I mean, his debauched approach to, to diplomacy and everything. We're letting it slip through our hands. The idea of... of uh, Mandatory, compulsory, forced jabs. I mean, there's there's a lot of analogies that can be drawn and, and liken this to sexual assault uh, against people's will. I mean, so so what you're doing is you're putting up people that are our leaders. And these leaders, oh, yeah, man, i got to give a wink and a nod to, to God because, boy, there's still a lot of Americans that, that believe in God. But let's go ahead and let's crush the spirit out of the land with everything that takes away the precious nature of our gifts that, that were bequeathed to us at such great cost. I, I mean, it, it's just astounding to me. And, and, and people say, oh, he's a good man. Oh, like, it's like Bill Clinton was seen leaving a church with the Bible in his hands. Oh, he must be a good man. Really? Are you kidding me? The philandering, adulterous kind of relationship, you know, licentious amours every week in his life? Holy cow. And, you know, it's like George Washington talked about public and private virtue. And that needs to be practiced widely in the nation, public and private virtue. And and you don't just go through the motions. You just don't, you know, uh, put it up as a facade and then go about stomping out liberty. Liberty is a gift of God. You, you look how Christ introduced himself in his hometown at the beginning of his ministry, I mean, mortality. You know, he read in the synagogue the, the first part of uh, Isaiah chapter 61. It's, this is in Luke 4 if you want to read about it. He's liberating captives. The liberty is part of his big assignment. You know, helping the bruised and the sick and everything. He, he's a whole, he's a whole package, and and liberty is part of Christ's message that it, it's inextricably interwoven into it, and we cannot turn our back on the goodness of God in that matter, and and have His support in the other areas. We just can't. So we need to pray, ladies know. and gentlemen, for the people in Louisiana who are suffering. There's no doubt about it. We need to make sure that our prayers are real and sincere and genuine by not only our thoughts, but our actions. And we, the people individually and as families, can make the biggest difference. You don't need a political solution to this, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sure, we need to bring uh, America back to obeying the supreme law of the land and everything. But but you know what? Day to day, individually speaking and family-oriented speaking, the fundamental unit of society... It's about personal worthiness. It's about cleansing our inner vessel. It's about changing and repenting and turning to God and keeping his commandments and genuinely getting on our knees and saying, God, we pray for peace and stability and safety. And, and we uh, then get up and do the very best we can to advocate for those realities, doing all within our power and doing our best and then trusting in God for the rest. That is our duty. That is our hope. That is our clarion call today on your radio, Dr. Well, you know, we uh, unless and until we learn this message, I, I suspect it's going to continue to get worse. I mentioned earlier in the broadcast the 1956 Hungarian thing. 
If you haven't seen the picture of that little 15-year-old girl, the Hungarian freedom fighter that's holding a, uh, you know, a, a submachine gun with a, uh, with a, a drum of, of, you know, a drum magazine on it, it's a 15-year-old girl. These people became desperate. They fought these things. Uh, we shouldn't have to get to that point. I mean, where they're fighting, ta- there was over well, there's eleven, twelve hundred tanks that were thrown against the people. There was probably thirty, thirty-five thousand troops that were thrown against these people. They'd had enough, and it came to that point, and it was a slaughter. It was absolutely appalling. What I mean, but people got to that point, and they said, "No, we're going to fight them with our fingernails if we have to." And and here in America, we're rolling over like a bunch of sheep. Just shear me, you know, a lamb to the slaughter. You know, you read about those in the scriptures too. And and in America, we have the means, we have the right, we have the privilege. We choose what kind of government we have. And that's why I think God will hold us all responsible. Because when we make choices that give away gifts from him, I'm not so sure he's going to be quick in hearing our calls. It's time for us to turn back. It truly is. And and I hope and pray that, that America doesn't even have to come to the point where Australia and New Zealand is right now. Amen to that. Well it's been said that the it's been said that preaching the word of God and directing people to God Almighty has more power to change and more power to make a difference than even the sword, ladies and gentlemen. That's our chosen method for that very reason. We believe in God's guidance. We believe in the solutions that peace and prosperity and stability and morality provide. And we're doing it by bringing us back to the principles of our founding fathers. There is no greater solution than the restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. The restoration of individual morality. The restoration of the family. uh, The traditional God-ordained family being the fundamental unit of society. For Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check out his weekly webinars and more. And for Sam Bushman, LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>